Hey, Justin, how you doing? Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Um, Good. I I I will start. We'll start with, you know, like a, like a maybe, maybe a, a bizarre, bizarre question, but I do have to ask, and I have kind of my little homemade survey uh, behind that. But um, where are you located, and how has been the pandemic for you so far? Oh wow, jeez, you're, you're coming out guns blazing. Bam. <laughs> um, I'm in Los Angeles, uh, the Hotel California, um, and. The pandemic's been challenging. I actually released this film that I'm sure we'll discuss um, just about four or five months after the pandemic hit. And uh, it was kind of good because I had so much work to do that I wasn't, uh, you know, out and about working. It was kind of a good time to be isolated. But in the aftermath and the extension and the elongation of it all in terms of um, being cooped up in LA specifically, it's it's been challenging on one side on one side of the um, topic, but on on the other flip side, it's been a great time to recalibrate. It's been, I think, um, a lot of the contemporaries and friends that I connect with in regards to what they're experiencing, as well as mirrored my own, which is, it's it's really um, whereas some people may be frustrated at that isolation, I think it's recalibrated my eyes in terms of seeing what was and what is in reality in regards to life, career, friends, to directional, devotional path, etc. Very clearly in a way that I think was confronting for a lot of people. And my joking way that I've said to different people throughout this pandemic in terms of evaluating it um, kind of as a as a flip um, aside or expression is it's almost like we all got sent to our rooms, <laughs> you know, yeah. by the universe. And, and it's like, how do we want to deal with that? Do we want to sulk and pout or do we want to use it as a, as a way to realize, well, maybe, maybe this is a time to, instead of trying to get back to enjoying life, whatever that means in quotes, enjoying that maybe, um, maybe that part of our lives was meant to be left behind. And this is a new way to kind of recalibrate and move forward. One thing, you know, like, and, and the reason why I, I talk about like, like little my little home survey is the fact that um, based on my own experience and based on the question that I've asked people around, um, I've heard a lot of, you know, like and media has covered a bit of that, but, you know, like I've heard a lot of people talking about like a rise and almost an explosion of relapses and, and deeper depression and, you know, higher anxiety level higher panics um in terms of you know like and and i have a strong feeling that there's going to be almost like a, a a ptsd wave um and you know like kind of not to lessen um what you know what what has coined the term ptsd you know like uh, um veterans or whatever but it's you know like it's more of um a post-mortem uh traumatic stress from people that have gone through what you just just described as you know being sent to your room and isolated and and and, and all that have you have you seen that justin have you have you felt that you know like there was kind of um you know like on top of you know like just the media the social media going fucking nutcase but you know like <laughs> on <laughs> you know, but on top of that, you know, like, have you seen situation where close friends or, or people, you know, have, you know, maybe gone Ari or yeah, something like that? Very much so. You kind of beat me to the punch. And I, <clears throat> I'm glad that you brought that up in terms of the PTSD, because I believe that is what we're going through. And I think 
everyone in a rush to try to get back to enjoying their lives, so to speak. I think we're dealing with some unresolved trauma from just being locked up. And uh, some of my friends and contemporaries have talked about how this is like our generation's Vietnam without going to a foreign country with guns under the guise of communism or something. But, you know, just personally, as well as my friends, um, I think there's been deep, in terms of subtle, overt, and you know, completely unabashed levels of depression that have gone on. And, and I was confused either whether it was in regards to the elongation of this or it was because the elongation of working on this film and this album and now this book for like 10 years, I kind of like stopped and had to take a break, which felt strange. And I think it was hard to decipher whether it was the pandemic or coming off the heels of being a workaholic and working for so many years on this. But when I talk to other friends and like, hey, man, I've been going through the ups and downs. I can't get out of bed this week. It feels like, oh. So they were like, yeah, I'm in the same place, which was nice to hear because <clears throat> I think a lot of people are trying to, you know, what we always try to do as a coping mechanism is repress that which affects us the most, whether it's our own traumas from the past or something we're going through, um, you know, et cetera. So, you know, it, it's been it's been an interesting journey in that regard, and it's nice to know that other people are going through the same. Um, and you know, when you mentioned social media, I think one of the things, or actually, I've kind of ghosted from it for the last month or two, which probably isn't very smart with my marketing efforts for the upcoming book or the film that I have out. But it's like everyone is. It's almost like this. <laughs> I hate to say this because I could get in hot water, but it's almost like the pandemic is really social media. It's like. We're, we're, we're so entrenched and wanting to be so deeply uh, involved and look at my posts and look at this and all these people trying to sell something. And it's yeah. like our way of communicating, but no one's really communicating in the way that we're meant to as souls, as jivas, as a community within the world in terms of being in you know circles and being in communities. And, and obviously that's difficult to do that now. So everyone's trying to do their best through these Zoom things and through podcasts even and, and social media. But I, I've taken a step back and, I, and I'm noticing some of the wiser folks that I'm intimately connected with as well as from afar discussing the same tropes as, you know, I want to feel more connected but our proxy or our um, we've absolved ourselves into thinking that that connection comes through opening these apps. And I, I just, it's just not the way my brain works. You know, I'm a creator. I like to create. And, and then, and then I want to find the joy and revel in that and find more community with people. And, and it seems like we're obviously not able to do that now, but by proxy going to social media as a way to connect, I think can make people feel even more disconnected than we already feel given this PTSD effect that we've talked about. And I think people are going through in subtle and overt levels that they haven't even come to terms with or maybe are hard to confront. So I, I've, I've allowed myself some time to really look at my own, you know, state of mind given this chaotic year and so much information, misinformation. And it seems like people are now arguing about the efficacy of the vaccine versus not. And now, you know, it's just so much so much back and forth fodder that it, it, it's created even more division than we've already been divided by being isolated for so long. It's it's funny, Justin, last week I had um, like a reflection during a discussion with a guest and it was about kind of two things, echo chambers, which is, you know, for people that don't know, echo chambers is, you know, the, 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 the expression or the the expression that was coined based on the fact that algorithms are made so that you're going to be referred to articles or referred to friends or referred to subject matters that are 
in line with your thought process. You know, like so for example, you think that the earth is flat, you may happen to see way more um of your Facebook feed referring to, you know, flat earthers and, and so on. Um and you know, I was telling my guest last week that I am um I am born in, in you know like in the day where internet didn't exist and and if if I had come to a party, even like a family reunion and say Hey, you know what, guys? You know, like I, I think the earth is flat. You know, like, and they would say, "Are you fucking stupid?" You know, like end up and eventually end up alone, right? Mm. Um, I would probably have changed my mind. <laughs> the problem with echo chambers and social media is that whatever the crazy thought you have in mind, whatever it is, you know, like you know, like that the vaccines has five G network in, and you know, Bill Gates is part of that. You know, whatever crazy that idea is you're going to find someone online that thinks you're not going to be alone sure that, that thinks like you you know and i think this is a you know like a huge problem and then comes the what i and again you know like i i i don't i have i'm sh I'm, I'm i'm rarely shy of telling what's in my uh, on my mind but the f almost like the fragilization <laughs> of you know like you know like of 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 if you don't think like me yeah a dissenting view I'm a I'm a victim you know like I'm mm. I'm you know, right away um, so that explosive combination plus you know like the fact that you we were physically alone um, I think it's just a cocktail for disaster. You know, like it's it's it, it you know, like it doesn't sound great for um, even my son that is five. You know, like I cannot imagine. You know, like how oh he's going to, you know, like it's going to be crazy for him. How's you know, like he going to process information? Like yeah, how's it going to how's he going to process information with this younger generation? I'm the same like you. I grew up like with the internet wasn't available, and you know you're right about these echo chambers, but there's a lot of information and misinformation that's happening. And, and what you think is information might be misinformation. And some of the companies that hold the rights or control these social media platforms are now like funneling what information you see according to that echo chamber. So it's become like this black hole spiral where even if someone, I disagree with someone, like you mentioned the vaccines, which come up a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of split views on that. And there's a lot of efficacy on both sides to have questions or beliefs or support their own ideas. But what's dangerous I find about this is you can't, if we, vo if one voices their opinion that is dissenting from your own, you, it's like this, it's this barrage of um, attacks instead of just like listening to someone's perspective, A, and it, and, you know, I, I feel like this whole us versus us is, is not like, um, it's not conducive to creating this community given that we're entrenched in our own cubicles and, and homes or, you know, wherever right now. So it's a dangerous time because, uh, you know, I think people are suspect, you know, are suspect and, and looking at, you know, the information that they get and how much is this real. So I think I applaud those, even if I disagree with their opinions for doing the research that responds and uh, resonates with them. And I don't agree with people attacking them, whether or not they vehemently disagree with them, because it, we're living in a day and age that's so polluted that it's hard to decipher 
what's white from black, even if we're so concretely sure yep. that we're that what is white is black. And we don't even know to the extent that we think we know what is true or is not. So now we're arguing with each other. So now these social media platforms that we're trying to connect with each other are not only splintering what information we get seen, but it's also creating more dissension and then creating people that want to speak their voice to not really speak it. So then it's this like active portrayal of what they want people to see. So it's a very strange time right now. And I think the barometer that I'm getting to after finishing this project and starting to get a little older is I'm, you know, I'm thinking about like kind of moving out of the city and moving out to the country and just getting more in tune with like nature and the act of creating more and, you know, let the career flow as it needs to flow, but finding more like harmony with the grander picture that's devoid of this like back and forth mantra that is like competing for likes and followers. You know, it just, I think there's going to be like a, a, you know, like we're talking about the PTSD of being locked up for like two years and a lot of confusion surrounding that. Is I think the same thing is going to happen in the next year, two, five, ten, um, in regards to people that are so deeply entrenched in this, when they finally realize that they've spent two, five, or ten years portraying this thing or spending so much time on their phone and their eyeballs are starting to go a little bit and their eyesight and their posture is a little bad. Like what was the, what is this all for? You know, if it's to foster like yeah. a deep, a deeper individual and collective consciousness, and we're looking to like create a more communal way of really seeing beyond the mirage of all this information and misinformation and supporting each other on our creative, devotional, intellectual plight. Wonderful. But it doesn't seem like it's geared towards that. And it would be nice to see some of these corporate strong strangleholds that like own these companies, like steer it in a different direction, or at least like the consciousness kind of shift and vibrate to where we're making more communal progress. But I think it's just part and parcel of that we're living in a very polluted age. And this is something that the Hindus talk about, this age of Kali Yuga. It's the Iron Age. So what you think is, is not. And, and we're kind of, you know, really drowning in our own sea of sorts. So I'm hoping that you know, there'll be a way once things open up a little bit more that we'll be able to find more community in that regard. But it's, um, I think, I think a lot of people are going through the same of what we're iterating and maybe just talking about it and having other people listen to it is kind of its own solve or its own healing potency, you know? But isn't it a bit of a shame, Justin, you know, like that, you know, like especially, you know, like our generation that, you know, like didn't know or didn't, you know, like we saw the discovery of internet and we saw the just exponential explosion of information, information input, you know, like just mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, like you could, you could know anything, anytime, you know, like it, for me, it was just like mind blowing. Um, isn't it shameful that, you know, like in such a short amount of time, we suddenly um, find almost like a need for escaping all that you know like because you know like i was i was listening to um um a tech vlogger that i love a lot you know like a guy called marcus brownlee he does like a, a vlog called mkbhd whatever mm -hmm. you know like the guy reviews phone reviews technology and he was talking about elon musk that announced you know like his humanoid form bot you know like mm. household robot you know Oh, that's and coming well, next. Sure enough, you know, like they look, yeah, and they look like the uh, Will Smith movie iRobot. You know, like so <laughs> yeah, you know, sure, people sure. got a ton of memes around that. But 
I was listening kind of the um how the how his brain how, how Musk's brain functions, you know, like and how he he, he kind of develops that almost like neural um lake of data that's going to create like a, a huge worldwide ai you know like it's just crazy but you know like at the same time like there's a bit of you know um there's a bit of sci-fi movies that you know i like got you got me worried about this but but so excited at the same time just looking at them like oh shit you know like imagine yeah. you know like just how great <laughs> how great it could be um and how but at and, the same and, time yeah how it could backfire. I hear too. you, Justin. Like, <laughs> how it could backfire. Exactly. Too. And I hear you. And it's, yeah, a, it's almost absolutely. like we've been prepared for this too. Like Hollywood on some level has been, you know, showing, you know, even though they, they've done a lot shot. of silly movies for a lot of years, they've sort of like prepped us for this. And I wonder sometimes if it's like the ego of the producer or director, like, well, we know where this is going. So let's look like the foresight people. They're going to predict this 20 or 30 years before it happens. Like Children of Men, if you watched that 15 or 20 years ago. At the time, I, or I think it was like 15 years ago it came out. I saw that film. It's Alfonso Cuaron, director, about this kind of dystopian world. And when I saw it, I was like, we're not headed there yet, dude. Come on. And now it's like, oh my God, we're like two years away from that. So it's like this AI yeah. stuff could be very attractive on some of them. It's fascinating on like a visceral level. Like, wow. you know, I grew up when you had to remember someone's phone number and had to dial this stupid ring like you know it took like 10 or flip like, a book for a map right <laughs> totally. there were books or called you, pearly yeah, <laughs> use a thomas guide to get around la now it's like oh just put the address in my app so it's fascinating on some That's level it. but i think i'm more relieved that you and i won't be around to see the full uh potential chaotic side of it and this ai is coming whether we like it or not but it's you know and I'm writing about it in this book that accompanies the film that I'm releasing this year. And, you know, one of the things that I'm doing is this escapism you talk about. It's not like I'm doing this escapism necessarily to get away from this technological vortex. Because when I make an album, I'm like on a computer all the time. And I'm making this film. It's like on the computer all the time. And I'm writing a book. I'm on the computer all the time. And then I'm on my phone when I'm not doing that. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So there's an element of like, yes, maybe escaping that on some level. But I think, or what I'd like to think is why I'm longing to get to Mother Nature's. It's the closest thing that we have viscerally to whatever we understand God or Krishna or whatever you believe in to be. You know, like there's an element of that that nature feeding you in a way that these other things that we've been programmed to become so programmed to, we know never will. And we understand that they have, um, you know, because I, I, I like having this technology, and I'm really good at it for what I need to do in life, but I'm not very good at it in relation to like social media or like the way people do it because it just seems like every time I open up the app, I want to shut it down. But I think that escapism is less from getting away from that and more about being really honest. And maybe this last two years of this calibration that I, or recalibration like I've talked about in regards to the COVID and being locked up is it's made me genuinely admire going and sitting in some like kayak you know near the sierras and some lake and like really slowing down and camping or like swimming in a river and and what's even more frightening than that how much that feeds me is when i go there and allow that to feed me in the way that it does in such a deep resonant way it makes me feel like i'm communing with god and mother nature is how we've been programmed through this technological warfare of everything that we're doing is technologically based through some kind of screen that we're staring at it's hard for me to really revel and enjoy that 
in the way that I want to because I'm already susceptible to that programming of wanting to get back to the technological fix when I get back to my campground. You know, and that's what's to me the most frightening is like, how do you really get away from this? And, and, you know, one of the things I've been here in town for years as an actor, and then I moved to music and then I made a film and I love creativity and I'll do it till the day I die. But it's like, I'm now like thinking of like moving out to the country and just painting because at least it's like visceral and it's like your hands are like doing stuff like sculpture, like something that's more like conducive to not being as attuned or integrated with staring at a screen just for my own sanity. But like I said, when I go out to those nature infused places that feed me so deeply, what's as, what's as, what's as frightening as how much it feeds me and how much I revel in it is how much that part of my brain that's already been programmed is already thinking about, oh, I need to get back to do that thing or that to-do list or that next project where I need to be on a computer. You know, it's like, it's like we've already, yeah. we're already susceptible and like programmed. Like that AI that you're talking about is like a far reaching, expansive version of what we've already sort of become. Like we've already become our own iRobot of sorts. It's not to the same, you know, technological wherewithal and techn technology that Elon Musk has got on the sidelines, but how much different are we? It's like we're we're almost like the guinea pigs for what they're designing next, <laughs> you know. Yep. And it's a, it's it's and, a little uh, frightening. It is. It, it, I, I'm I'm still to a point where it's it's it, it's still more exciting than frightening. I, and sure, I, you know, sure, like it's I funny agree. because I, I've always, you know, like I've always kind of embraced um like bring it <laughs> yeah 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 bring it on let's you know, like what you got. really really that that attitude of okay okay let's go you know like i it, <laughs> yeah. might as well see it now like fuck it you know like i, I you know, bring it on gonna, it's, i could use a, a cleaning disaster. i could use a cleaning robot at my place are you kidding me let's 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 bring it <laughs> jesus christ and it, it it it's weird because you know like there is um well first of all um it doesn't take too much of research to realize that um, as individuals, there's very little in terms of changes that we can do. You know, like even though, you know, like, you know, like media and kind of the mainstream um, thinking process wants to make you believe the opposite. Um, you know, like we, we, we count for, you know, like very little percent of pollution, for example, you know, compared to what, you know, huge companies. Does, of course. You know, like, so, you know, like, so, so for me, you know, like that, that part of, you know, like, and I, you know, like I do the shitty compost with, you know, like the, the, the white worms and all that shit, you know, like I, I do that, you know, like I, 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 you know, like I, I, I gag doing it, but I fucking do it. But, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it, I get it. You know, like I, I try yeah. to do my part. Yeah, but, sure. To do less uh, consuming they're, they're, and more like bringing it back into like an integral circle, like nature way uh, you know like I'm, I'm you know like i i still consume a lot but you know like i, I try to do my share sure. and then again you know like consuming is part of you know like isn't it part of the process as well you know like in terms of you know keeping the economy rolling sure and, you know, like i know I'm part I know. of the i know you know like I'm, I'm part of the privilege that you know like I, i've worked throughout the pandemic for example that i've made a good living in the past I don't know, like 15, 20 years, you know, like, so I, I, 
I give back by, you know, like helping the economy run and I give sure. back by doing this project. And, um, you know, like that's all on my dime. And, you know, like, so for me, it's just like, okay, you know, like that I'm, I'm good with that. And I know, you know, like I'm realistic enough to know that there's very little I can do if it's not major shifting changes. You know, like I strongly believe that, um, you know, like, well, it's funny because, you know, like my, most of my latest guests are people from down south, you know, like so from the my U.S. neighbors. Um, and you guys have, have um, an attachment to freedom that, you know, like we, you know, like we, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping more and more to relate, but, um, you know, like a government intervention for us is something that, you know, like we live with, right? You know, like we, I wouldn't say that we're a socialist, you know, um, society but we're we're surely a more leftist society than than our neighbors are um so i've always, always said, said that, that you know like if, if there, there are changes, changes that are going to be made to prevent and i i have the the pollution in mind but you know like it's going to be like a almost like a, a major lockdown from from public um inter, you know like public um services intervention you know like it's not going to be me with my blue rolling um you know like a, a bin you know like that's gonna put you know like papers in and shit you know like that i'm gonna change anything to what's going on and you know i kind of sure. you know um pe people warning us about you know like you know like the, the, the planet warming <clears throat> it's gonna be either through like one of these worldwide um summit or or something like that that they're gonna say well you know, whoever does the most pollution, you know, like China or, or whatever company, you need to cut that shit. And, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to first be you and then, you know, like population will follow, trust us. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, like, and, and so, for, yeah. No, keep going, keep going. I don't know. And, and for me, you know, like the intervention, uh, medias are great right now to freak people out, you know, like, especially with the pandemic. Um, but I see very, very little responsibility of, you know, like the postmortem or at least easing out the postmortem of that, um, of that crisis. And that, you know, like pisses me off, you know, like, it, you know, like it, it, it makes good rating to take, take care of, you know, like making people paranoid, but I see very, very little, um, intention or, um, how can I say? Well, yeah, you know, like just this, this helping, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> reaching out and helping, you know. Or just even acknowledgement of what's going on in terms of, I don't know, I think the news is, it's hard to know what's real and fake when you watch the news, you know. And it's the it great, it's a green screen, someone's sitting in front of it and they're reading a prompter and a script. And it's like, how different is this than a narrative Hollywood film or the documentary I made or whatever? Now, obviously there's information that needs to be shared, but you know, it's a lot of extremes. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are struggling who don't even have a job. So I guess maybe that takes priority over those of us that are kind of cracking up while having, you know, the ability to have a roof over our head. So that makes sense. But in terms of that consumerist edge that you talked about before, and it is so funny, you're, no matter what you and I put in our blue bins, it's probably going to pale in comparison to what corporations do in terms of, um, you know, honing in on any kind of global pollution. But when I mentioned that consumerist bug, it wasn't like, because you're right, it keeps the economy moving. But I notice it with myself in terms of 
You know, like when I read about some of my like gurus from the East and they like lived penniless or kind of slept out in the stars. And, the, you know, I don't think that's for me in this lifetime, but I'd be lying to you if I, I didn't want and crave that down the road in one of these lifetimes, just because, and I think so trying to find, so I'm trying to prepare for that on some level to find some way to contail this consumerism somewhere within my life, because know that consumerism isn't going to go away. We need things. We have the, you know, we have the wherewithal to buy it. It's much easier to buy this thing on Amazon. It comes to you. I get it. I guess what I'm trying to do is now curtail how much I'm consuming. And I feel like this change in society or this change in the corporate structure in terms of us having more say on what they they do or don't do will change if we're not buying their stuff as frequently that we're importing from China. You know, it's, it's all just such a strange, like, um, it's all such a strange through line in terms of what it is that we need and where it comes from and how it gets to us that maybe if we found a way to live more simply and I'm, you know, part of that whole, and maybe it's a little naive, naive of me, but I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing in the next two years. So, um, you know, just the idea of living in a cool little pad that I can grow some vegetables. Maybe I go to the farmer's market to support some other cats and live simple and create my, my art and yeah, do the composting like you said and try not to consume as much crap and, and, you know, have people over for communities and go deep within my devotional practice, like kind of keeping it simple, a little bit more like simple living, high thinking than, than trying to live high off the hog. And, and, but on the same context, I am fascinated what happens with this AI stuff, just because it sounds like it could be its own Hollywood movie infiltrating our lives in a good, bad, or indifferent way. And probably we'll experience all of it. But there's also a part of me that hopes that the downside from it or the downside of where we're headed, which seems inevitable at this point, um, is when I'm sitting in a rocking chair. So, you know, I, I, I more think about your, your child than what we're into, you know. Or what we're going to have to face, if that makes sense. It's going to be fascinating times for sure. You know, like it's going to be, um, yeah. You know, like I, I, as you said, you know, like uh, we sh- we shouldn't be there to see all of that. You know, like I, I, I want to live long just to see a bit of it at least. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> just a touch. Just let me watch it and then let me turn it off and like just to put- see if you know, like it's like leaving you know like that paper boat on that lake <laughs> yeah. right it was just like oh just that looks so say, pretty okay it's going it's going the right way yeah you know, like it should sh- be good <laughs> before a shark comes up and then like grabs it it's like yeah I just want to watch I just want to watch a sliver of it and then when I go oh Jesus then I'll go put on like dark side of the moon on vinyl and just like be like oh <laughs> let me let me leave listening to this. <laughs> Your art stuff. So, okay, just before saying, just after saying, wow, looks. <laughs> it's also strange, right. too, that um, we have, it's also strange, too, just real quick on that. We haven't really talked about, you know, the percentage of people that control, whether it's the media or the, the, the corporations or the, like, the predominant amount of wealth in the world are, like, such an infant, uh, such a, a minute part of, like, the infinite masses that there's something about that that kind of throws me for a loop, too, you know? Like, we're really... The people who control and pull the strings are like, you know, like sit at a really, really long dinner table of sorts. And, and maybe, maybe the key is. Jagillionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this key is trying to change the zeitgeist or, or convincing one of them to convince some of the others, but good luck with that. You know, I just don't understand how much money and power these people can have to not see that they're part and parcel of the problem and or solution more, more specifically. So hopefully that'll The biggest problem I have, the biggest problem I have, Justin, is that. I, I have a hard time, fig, you know, 
kind of pointing the finger on when true journalism to its you know to its purest uh, purest definition mm. stop being that Oh my! I and when you know, okay. and when did we know? Like when we were growing up, watching like Dan Rather and and uh, Brokaw, like you know, it was like, oh, these guys are speaking the truth, but were they not being fed a certain informational tact? Maybe not in, in a barrage as way as we have now with so many media outlets, including social media. But like, how different was it? Like, were were, were we getting misinformation to create a war in the same way we have over the last decade or two? So I think what's happening Maybe. now is we're seeing like it, it more. It's almost like at that time, the channels were so limited that we couldn't question them because it's like, it's on the news. And now it's like, there's so many yeah. news channels and so many media fields, and we know what's real and fake. And we know what's bullshit because we know people who film stuff on their iPhones. It's like, oh, that's real. So if there's even a sliver of them padding the truth, we can see it in a way that we couldn't see in a way uh, we probably couldn't see when we were kids, you know? Maybe it's always yeah. been and like I, this. I, 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 yeah, and I know that you know, like, you know, like I know that I read that you know, like they, they had problems with you know, like how um, transparent, for example, Vietnam correspondent were were to the to the war, right? You know, like, and they didn't want that and tried to control this. Um, so you know, like, it it then moves to you know, like that uh, the first Iraq. Um, invasion and you know like so so there there are multiple moments i think in history that you know like we but i was eating cereal when challenger exploded for example you know like mm. I, I you know like those were the you know like the first live moments of you know like there, there's no well well september 11 is another example of that sure um, but i wonder how what, different you know, it is like, from like bay of pigs or like you know, Kennedy and like Vietnam and Watergate. Like, I think the yeah. same unscrupulous information, misinformation probably existed then. It's just we weren't barraged by so many media sources. And there was a, there was more of a public trust in what was being told versus it being spun by those that are controlling the narrative by different media outlets because of their own vested interest of them owning that conglomerate itself. So I don't know if it's ever been different. Yeah. I think it's more... We're now having access to more information and are able to decipher and maybe have a little bit of a different trust or mistrust in what's being told. Because, you know, one of the things about, you know, with making this film or like some of the filmmakers, I can't remember who said it, but it's like anytime you turn the camera on, it's like it's a lie. You know, it's an exaggeration of the truth. So whether it is with actors in front of a camera or it's news people, it's like there's a certain manipulation that you can manipulate anyone to think whatever you want them to think if you edit it right, shoot it right, etc. You know? So so there's an there's an element yes. of that. And we're and we're so privy to being an audience now that it's hard to know who to, to trust and how much of that mistrust is verifiable or 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 verified or 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 is you know congruent to the fact that it's hard to know what's real and fake in this day and age. The problem I have, I'd say in two and twenty one, is that I find almost unacceptable that media outlets are coined and labeled as being further right or further left. You know, like for me, it doesn't. It doesn't um, align with what journalism should be. Well, I agree. They're owned by the same corporate of 
corporation structures. Yeah. So I think, but, you know, like, I think know, like that's the, keeping us arguing with each other to keep us distracted from what's really happening behind closed doors is the way exactly. I see it. Exactly. And, and, so. and, and it's the bias of the interpretation of what's in front of the lens that, that, sure. that, that I don't like. You know, like it's, you know, like, um, you know, like I get it. You know, like the, the picture can say a thousand things, but you almost like um, help me think what it should say. You know, like I'm like, mm, let me, yeah, <laughs> let me yeah. make my mind around that. And you know, you know, you know what they're trying to me... dictate by you think by you thinking what you're supposed to think by how they're portraying it. But it, lately, a exactly. lot of it lately, a lot of it to me <laughs> looks like really bad theater. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's not like really well presented. And it's almost like the media campaigns at which they want to steer the zeitgeist or the major populace in a certain way seems like very direct, convoluted, yet very direct. And um, and I think many people are, are privy and susceptible to that and no judgment with that. It, but I think we're moving to a day and age now where we have a mistrust and a, and a, and a genuine distrust of information because it's so it's just coming from it's been it this it's we're in the age of spin and 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 it's also strange all these uh you know actors celebrities or or sports people it's like some of them say the wrong thing like barely say the wrong thing or didn't mean something and it's like well let's cancel them or let's con- cancel their contract i'm not even saying whether that's right or wrong it does seem a little extreme but it just seems like a very um fragile i think you were used the word before it's a very fragile time and we're already so fragile from this mess over the last two years let alone no one really articulating or expressing that we're all going through our own little psychotic crisis from it or like just trying to come back from it or good bad or indifferent or just having more discussion about it that i think uh yeah, I think I think we're living in a very fragile time. So I think that maybe maybe it is an escape to like go out to the country and get away from things or or let Mother Nature feed me a little bit more. But it just seems like one of the only last bastions of sanity outside of like the devotional path and the creative path that I'm on. Because I don't really know what I don't know what the bang for the buck is in terms of living as a modern man woman in this culture like i don't know what i don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze <laughs> the way it's like yeah. rolling out for me and and it, it, it's it's a bit of our responsibility as well and that's you know like kind of my bit of my final ton on that you know like it's it's definitely well i think as a responsibility to develop um some judgment from my son you know like for him to um you know, like make um, an unbiased, as much as possible, an unbiased criticism and 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 judgment of you know like what he's being fed. You know, sure. And you um, and you are you saying you need to help help him foster that, like allow him like a certain absolutely. Just, yeah, you have yeah. to like you have to have like a different conversation that your dad had with your or mine had with me in terms of discernment with your child. Big time. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's completely different. It's going to be night and day you know, different. Because my father trusted, my father still does trust media as they as they're presented. You know, um, and you know, like so. So the conversation is, you know, well, it's actually no conversation. Is like turn on the TV, listen, and <laughs> right digest that, and you know, um, but it's not going to be that. You know, like for for the com- coming generations, I, it, all that to say, um, 
I want to get back to my regular programming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was phenomenal conversation. I love that because you're like every week I ask a question and it brings me in all kinds of places. I love sure. it. Um, and it's for me, it's kind of my own little story of, you know, like everyone that I talk about this all have um, all kind of side towards the yes, there's going to be major PTSD. And yes, you know, like we're not hearing a lot about it. And yes, I see a lot of my friends going just, you know, uh, crazy over you know, like the, 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 either their anxiety level or, or so on and so forth. And, you know, like some, some have all, you know, told me that, you know, like they've, they've heard about, you know, like the, the rise in suicide rate and oh, rise yeah. in relapses rate, you know, like, and, and, and. Oh, that's a whole other um, topic. Yeah. While this has been going on this pandemic, off the charts, yeah. not not much media attention to it, but you know exactly, know. yeah, yeah. Um, so so I want to uh, I want my my listeners to um, get to know Justin. Um, I you know like I'm going to do the same that I do um, every week to all of my guests. Um, I'm going to ask you to kind of rewind your life story tape to you know like your upbringing. Sure. Just to get to know you better, you know, like because most of our adult influences are adult, um, you know, like kind of the the, the way we lean or or the way you know like our, our passions and what we work in, you know, like really originates or germinates in our in our upbringing. So, where do you bring me, Justin, and you know where where do you bring the listeners in in, in sure, early sure. early years? I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll give you know. Um... Wow. Well, I was born back east in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, Irish immigrant. My father was a child of an Irish immigrant, became a big attorney. My grandfather was uh, the first Irish Catholic Democrat appointed by FDR. So it was like this real blue-blooded Democrat family, hardworking. Um, he and my mother met. I went to school out here in California. Growing up back east was great. Um, I actually think about moving back there sometimes. Um, had a very creative childhood, a lot of music instruments, a lot of sports. And um, I came out here to Los Angeles after college and pursued acting and then did some gigs and then moved into music and then tried to figure out how am I going to, um, what am I going to do next? Am I just going to, should I do both? And I kind of was getting fed up with, not fed up, but just not really fed by some of the roles I was going out with or some of what Hollywood was doing or had, I had access to. And I wanted to just tell my own story. So I wrote, a, wrote, produced, and directed and starred in a feature film called The Golden Age, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. And that really tells my whole life story, if we're being honest. Um, uh, my father, unfortunately, was an alcoholic, um, a little bit abusive, and it was a challenging upbringing with him. And, um, and my character... Uh, his name's Maya O'Malley. He's this musician who gets dropped from his label and has to confront some of his own wounds from his past before he heads on a, a devotional journey to India. And it's it's very autobiographical about my life. So I could tell you all about my life, but if people really want to see it, I would say watch the film. And I'm now finishing a book that accompanies with it, uh, the film called uh, A Day in the Lies, which is going to be coming out in a few months. And that fills in the blanks too, because when you make a film, you only have about a hundred minutes to tell your story and in a book, you can go much deeper with it. But one of the sweet caveats to having a really tumultuous childhood, a childhood in the way that I really shouldn't be sitting here talking to you. You know, I should be like dead. In <laughs> what sense, Justin? Just, it was a lot of physical, emotional abuse. It was lasting for years. I thought, you know, I woke up, I went to bed hoping I would 
not wake up and woke up, it happening all over again. And that happened a lot of years. And, you know, you can look at it in different ways. You know, one of the things that's helped me heal from this outside of therapy and, you know, art and the devotional path was um, try, you know, one of the teachings from the East is try to see the environment as favorable. Always. The environment is always favorable when you wear your widest sets of eyeballs. And, you know, who would I begin to be with without these traumas? You know, who would I, you know, perhaps, you know, perhaps this, uh, these elongated wounds were like, we're taught to walk away from them or to move away from them or go to, on the beach and be happy or, you know, find some more peace in your life. But sometimes these trials and tribulations are what shape who we are. And without them, that's not who we could ever since become, you know? So I'm, 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 I'm a product of, of those struggles and I revel those and wouldn't change any detail of my own past. And one of the sweet caveats of having finished the film, I reached out to my dad and reconnect with him and, you know, reconnect with him after 25 years and had a nice, like two or three, I don't know, probably about four or five years with him before he passed away. And, uh, it was a beautiful story, you know, like to reconnect with this guy who I had lost touch with for so many years. And, and just a quick caveat, and this was one of the stories I was going to tell you in relation to your son in terms of you talking about infusing that discernment with them. But one of the things if I had a child would be like, you know, really try to foster some kind of devotional path and with, with them in mind. And the reason I say that is, you know, just as an example, my mom passed away just as I finished this film on my dad's birthday. And my mom passed away on my dad's birthday for, uh, excuse me, my mom, my dad, wow. my mom passed away on my dad's birthday. My dad passed away on my mom's birthday four day, four years later. And at the time I was like, holy crap. And some of my friends are like, dude, that's insane. I've never heard that. I'm like, me neither. But it was almost like, like, again, the environment's always favorable. Like try to see through this mirage of your family tree. Like we are born into these families and we have these connections that are good, bad, and indifferent, these really wonderful experiences and really chaotic experiences, of which I've had all, and many people do. And if we can see that this is sort of like a stage play and not get too wrapped up in, oh, God, my dad did this, or my mom, or my lover, or my husband, you know, it's all kind of like a beautiful stage play if we look at it with the right lens. So kind of, I think, like trying to walk walk down this devotional journey with some of my teachers and gurus from the East in terms of learning and, and realizing that this impermanent existence is, is, uh, is, you know, I, I don't really look at life and society and my family and material life in the same way ever again, because it's rife with its own ups and downs and it's very temporary. And a lot of it is just a reflection of me absolving my own karma from the past. So, you know, I'm really grateful for everything I went through, but I don't take it all that seriously. So like growing up, like when you said, what was your life like growing up? Like my family was like super Democrat, you know, like New Hampshire is the second in the primaries. So we were always like hosting political fundraisers. Yeah. And my mind goes that way. Like I'm very socially liberal in some respects. But as I get older, it's like I start to see that, you know, as you, you know, in talking about how the mirage of material life kind of reveals itself as you get older, hopefully a little bit more wise, wiser. I don't really see any of this as like I'm a Republican or a Democrat. I kind of like just experiencing that what's going on in our culture and what's going on in me is one important parcel of the same, meaning that it's just our what the chaos that's going on right now is just a reflection of our individual and collective consciousness 
in relation to our own collective karma that we've been suffering from uh, on this earth for years. A lot of people think this whole pandemic and this whole thing um, of a spiritual ilk thinks that this is like the sum total karmic reflection of all the atrocities that we've done throughout time immemorial, if not the last 20, 50, or 100. So there's argument for that, you know? So I, you know, I've had a very interesting background. And some people are like, I can't believe you went through all that and you're still standing. But I look at all at it all as, in a really humbling and beneficial light. So I, I figured, why not make a film? Why, you know, I didn't want to make like some comedy or some romantic comedy or some crime thing or AI thing. Like it made more sense. Why don't you start with your own story? So I really got gutturally honest and had to reveal parts of my past that were very confronting to deal with. And I'm and hard to even come to terms with the fact that I got as honest with it in the film, but I had to in order to really slay that beast to move on to the next part of my life, yes. you know? So that's where I'm kind of at. That's my story and I'm sticking to it, damn it. <laughs> Siblings, brothers and sisters in Two that brothers. picture? Yep. Two brothers? Two Older, brothers. younger? Yeah, I'm the youngest. Uh, okay. Ha had a tumultuous relationship with them too. One of them uh, became an alcoholic like my father. And, um, you know, sometimes when these alcoholism is placed in the family tree, those who are listening, I'm sure can, are having a slight slash sad chuckle about it but it you know the fruit doesn't fall from the far, far from the tree in the sense that usually someone gets it. afflicted with that and i'm i'm very grateful that i missed that kind of genetic wound or programming or whatever so yeah he struggled with that and but it's beautiful you know like i i think <clears throat> i think what i'm coming to now is you know these things when i tell people about some of these stories usually their jaw drops like if i get into the intricacies of it but there's a lot of beauty in pain and there's a lot of beauty in these upheavals. You know, it, it's really the context in which you want to apply to it. So, you know, I haven't been blessed with a family that was like, you know, usually around holidays, it gets a little challenging for me, but it's blessed me with a lot of um, insight to see the overall picture of life through a devotional lens, through a creative lens. So my whole goal with this film was to try to, you know, heal others who have been through the same. And I think that's the best caveat I could say about the film in terms of the reviews is people were reaching out to me saying, oh my God, I had the same thing with my dad or my mom abandoned me with a kid and I haven't been able to stay in a relationship my whole life. And and they were allow they like were allowing themselves to heal their own wounds through my film, through me really putting my stuff out there, but not getting in the way of their own healing journey. So I think I think you know, it was hard releasing it during the pandemic, although everyone was at home. Uh, so it did help to get people to watch it there. But films like this with substance like this is why I chose to take 10 years out of my life to make my own story is I feel like we're at the precipice now. And maybe some of what we've talked about in the show is reflective of how we have a lot of wounds as individuals, you know, that we need to absolve that are kind of carrying over into the way we infiltrate in terms of these corporations that are running them. Maybe they haven't re resolved their wounds. Like we're all walking around as like wounded soldiers, much less from the last two years of what we've gone through, that it's good to be transparent about that and be vocal about that. And I think that's one of the benefits, in my opinion, of what social media has become is seeing these people really share their story bravely has allowed other people to heal because of it. And I think that's what I'm trying to do and infuse with art. And I think uh, those who have been through the ringer like I have, if you tune in, um, I think it, it'll help heal you. And I think that's what we kind of need now, you know? And, and whatever, you know, like the, the, 
obstacle and challenges, you know, like there's a few things that comes into mind when, when, when you talk about your story. Um, the first one is, um, everyone is built different, you know, like the angle, mm -hmm. you know, like we were talking about like the journalistic angle of the camera, but the, the, the personal angle we take of capturing our life story mm -hmm. is interesting, you know, while, you know, like you just described it as, um, almost like a learning experience, you know, it made you the fantastic. And, you know, like, I hope, you know, like you have the, the, um, self, worth or you know like the self-appreciation you know like and you develop that as you mature but you know like the 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 and you know the incredible individ artistic individual that you've become is because of that you know like absolutely of that, of that challenging life story right um but then again you know, like it depends on the angle that you decided to capture your life story you know um it, it, it it's so funny because you know like every time i tell like part of my life story or part of, you know, like some of the stuff that I've gone through, um, it, you know, like, and, and counting 16 years of sobriety, I would always say, you know, like those are all reasons that I could have drunk, but then those are all reasons why I'm not drinking. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> good for, yeah, good no, for so, you. Congratulations on that. On that. That's, thank uh, you. But you know, like it, it's always, I think it's always like the angle on which, because um, I was, uh, some of my good friend made a new girlfriend and you know, like she came in and um, I kind of cleared this out of the way right away. You know, like I have three kids, um, the two old, I have two, I have a 24, a 20, 20 and, and a five-year-old. Wow. So it, you know, like, it, you know, like, so my ex, like the mother of my two oldest kids, um, I've completely alienated it, um, alienated them, you know, like, so, so oh. they're, I haven't been talking to both of them for more than a year now. Um, last, you know, like kind of the last time I saw them, they were, they were bringing me to justice to pay, um, some, some, you know, um, you know, like, like the, the pension money sure. for, um, for school, but they weren't going at school, you know, like, so, you know, like the old ship, the old fucking shit, you know, like just like the wor your worst nightmare when you're a parent. Right. Mm. Um, but then again, you know, like I've grown through that, you know, like, and I could have taken all kinds of angles to, to look at this, you know, like I could have, um, and, and it, it's so funny because, you know, like I was actually telling the old story to, you know, like that, that new, <laughs> that girl that new girl in my, my friend's life you know and she was like you look so zen you know like you, you look at you look in peace <laughs> i'm like well it's i think i am and sometimes i have to ask myself the question am i in peace or like am i you know like, but i i must admit at some point that i am you know like i i've, right. I've decided that you know like it's not gonna i'm you know, like one thing for sure is that I'm not going to impact my youngest, my youngest son's, life son's life because of that because shit. That you know, like shit. so, so mm. he is oh, not yeah, yeah, going to be, totally. you, you know, like he's no, not going to be victim in either side, right? Not me being like overprotective or being like just like, 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 like building almost like a fort around him right. to make sure that he's not going to have outside influence. You know, like so that's not an option. And, and you might not have not realized enough. that you might not have realized that if you hadn't gone through what you had to go through with your two older kids. 
exactly you know you know it's funny. and um and, and, and if you, you know, like, and so, if you are alienated with your two older kids it may not be part of your karma right now to reconnect with them the way you want and that may be painful but that may be what you need to go through be, before maybe you're meant to connect with them in five years from now or 10 years from now or in five days from now so it's like it's it, we can't like question the mystery of this because we're all going through these different karmas and anarthas of our heart and and and, and I, I guess the reason i just want to interject for a sec is you know what we talk about sometimes in the devotional realm with this is there's the relative and the absolute and the absolute is our karma that we have to absolve with maybe you and your ex-wife or you and your kids for right now have to be alienated. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what's expanding your growth because now that's helping how you're going to raise your kid who's five years old differently because of these experiences similar to what I had to do with my own family. But the relative yeah. in this is the flip side. The material side is, oh, this hurts, you know? Because we have to acknowledge yeah. that too. And this is similar to kind of what we were talking about in this last pandemic year. It's like, okay, we needed to be courted off and this was best for our situation as individual, individually and collectively as a society to protect ourselves. It was also we were going through this PTSD. So it's it's a fine balance to walk. And that's what I was trying to do, not only with the film, as with you with in relation to your kids, which made me think about it, is although you're being you're more Zen as that woman pointed out. I thought you were going to say I had to bite my lip when she asked about like relationship advice or something, but it's like, you're more Zen because you've become more realized by these ups and downs, hopsy turvy situations that were part of your karma to go through with your ex and with your kids. But now look at how that's made you more Zen and how you raise your young kid differently. And in the communion that I probably have with your two older kids, that have been alienated for right now will be so much more deeper and transcendent whenever that time is meant to be, if at all. Because the irony is it's like, oh, if well, at all. You know uh, what I mean? Because the, if you might, your karma might be that you'll never see them again. Now, I don't, I'm not think that, but you never know how this game of life works or what we have to work out with our, our stuff, you know? It, we, but Justin, you're absolutely right. I have to count this as an option. For sure. You, you have to consider it. You, yeah. Exactly. I have to consider this as an option. Would you, you know, like, would you believe that it's even crazier than that? You know, like my, my, so we were five in my family. So there was my mom, dad, and, you know, like, so I was the oldest of my younger sister and, and my youngest brother. Youngest. Um, yeah. okay. My brother, sister, and mother had muscular dystrophia. Oh. Um, so my mom passed um, right in the first week of the pandemic last year. And my oh, sister my passed like three Two three years ago. But oh my god! I'm stay, so sorry. But no, no, no. But stay with me. Um, all my all life, my life one, of one of the biggest, biggest challenges, challenge you know, growing, growing up, up with, 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 you know, like and seeing kind of the decline of, mm -hmm. of this, you know, like in, in their life, is accepting. Wow, totally. And you know, like, like just like the accepting the the what you can't control, what you can't, you know, like you, you can't control that. You can't, you can't do any, you can't do shit about this. Yeah. The so impermanence youngest, too, you know, it's like the impermanence exactly. of it all. It's like you have no, it's just crazy. We're not going to be here forever, but to watch them already have that at a young age and then watch it slowly decline is like, holy crap. So can you believe Justin, this was a practice run? 2015, my son's, my son's uh, gets born. Two years later, you get diagnosed on the spectrum. And I oh go, God, he's, he's, by the way, you know, like five years later, this, this human being is just like a, a fucking diamond. You know, like this, this guy is, 
he, he talks, he's with me. Like <laughs> recently, wow. he's, he's start, you know, like he's, he's, he's in technology all the time, right? He's born in 2015, for God's sake. You know, like at oh, my house, I, I was all kind of automation shit, you know, like so. And he started talking like a bit late, but you know, like he's, he's funny. And so recently, in the past two, three days, <laughs> he knows that I activate his speaker in his room uh, to, for him to go to sleep. So I say, okay, Google, play ocean sounds. And he's like, <laughs> and he has like, like those whole sounds and recently like i said you know like for, for uh, since the weekend if i get angry at him but he, because he's doing something he shouldn't he goes okay google daddy relax <laughs> so he, he wants the speaker he wants he wants the speaker to make me relax but uh but just to say that he's a he's a just a phenomenal kid but you know like three years ago when we got the diagnosis right um, I got just like, almost like if life was tapping me on my shoulder, mm. saying, "Hey, buddy, you 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 had your practice run. Here's like the real deal." Oh, totally, and, totally. It was like a test you know, like, run for what you really need to do with your own kid. And but even the idea know, like, of your mom and your own kid, you know what I mean? It's like yep. like it, the mirage gets deeper the more we pull back with a wider lens. But yes, you are being trained crazy. to like now take care of your kid from having witnesses with your mom and your sister. Just wow. crazy. I know. Crazy. Life is, life is a trip. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Um, you were telling me that, you know, like, right before we started recording, you were telling me that, um, actually, I was asking you the question about, were you the ones that, you know, like, um, that, that overcame challenges or the people that gravitates or over people that, you know, like, have overcome challenges? Or you were kind of, you know, like, kind of a combination of the two, you know, like you overcame. Obviously, you seems to be of the third kind. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the, these traumatic, people always say traumatic, but you know, like it's, it's um, who doesn't have um, a story to tell about their upbringing or, you know, like there's very rarely do I have spoken to people that say, oh, my life was phenomenal. Like For sure. even, I'd say even worse. You know, like uh, I, I, I'll say even more than that. Last week, one of my guests called Ben was telling me that almost up to how uptight his parents were. Don't take any chances. You oh. may not be good enough for this. <laughs> you may not be. Yeah. You know, like. Oh, this their projections. was trauma for him. Oh my yeah. God. It's it so was... funny. You're, yeah. It's so funny you're saying this because yeah, I'm kind of both. I've been through therapy for years. I mean, most people would like shudder if they heard my whole life story. And at the same time, like you said, anybody you talk to, there's been like, oh my God, they've been through even worse. But I think yeah. the worst kind of dysfunction, to be honest with you, because one of the hardest part about revealing what I've been through and there's some dark stuff, dude, that's not easy to like share. And I'm doing a lot of it in the book, but I did a lot of it in the film. And it was like, I, I'm not one of those people that lives out in the public or wants to share their stuff. I'm kind of a secretive artist that wants to have his own life. But I knew that to kill this wound in the best way I could on a material level is say, here it all is. I'm laying my cards out. We'll do what you will. And it's funny people's reaction to it because some people are like, oh my God, how brave of you. You've been through it. I love you. Look at what you turned your life into. And then there'll be other people that will pull this whole like, oh, you poor thing. And what's funny is the people that pull that you poor thing, I don't want to make any generalizations, but more often than not, 
they've been through their own dysfunctional trauma, but it's that subtle level that they haven't processed yet. Meaning there are people that I know that have gone through that pull that like, oh my God, I don't know how you survived. You poor guy. Gosh, that must have been awful. Yet they had parents that pulled that whole like, they ran the show and don't push too hard or don't like go out there and do your own thing. And they lived this very safe white picket to kid life ever since then. And they became yep. the exact reflection of that parental programming that they become. And they went and they had the family and the two kids, but they never did what they wanted to do. And they probably never will throughout their life. And what's even more frightening is they can't even see that that's what they've done. So, this dysfunctional barometer or this spinning the wheel or, you know, which side of the spectrum you want to look at on the surface level, it's like, oh my God, dude, you've been, <laughs> Justin, you went through the ringer, man. Are you all right? But on the other side, it's like, no, this was great. I got it all out. It was, it was visceral. It shaped who I've become and now it's done. But what's worse, in my opinion, is that really subtle one where they look like everything's put together. They got the nice house the money, they got the, you know, but it's like, if you look and you peel back that curtain a little bit, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of dysfunctional trauma in there that was so subtle, they can't even see it now and how it's infiltrated their lives. So, you know, we're all and dealing with these wounds worse, in different ways, you know, different ways, you know. Even worse than that, Justin, are those that knows that have wounds, mm. but rely and get comforts in these wounds to, to carry their lives. What do you mean? Like, you know, I'm like that because I was treated like this. Oh, you know, I'm like that because I went through this. Oh, dude, oh you know, totally, totally. You know, oh, and they, and they live in that space, like their own cycle. Exactly. And not willing to exactly. break it. For sure, for sure. Or what's even worse than that is they're living in that cycle and they may say, oh, and they're not even aware that they're doing that. And they're living as if they're not living that, but they're living that and they can't get out of the cycle because they can't even see it. Or they see yeah. it and they refuse to to go deep with it because that's too frightening. So it's more comfortable to stay within that 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 little box that they got placed in that no one else can see, but is very overt, although very subtle on a societal level. You know, so it's like I've seen all the permutations. So it's it's very easy for me to see other people's wounds or where they're stuck because I've had to address where I've been stuck in my own life. And to be honest with you, during this pandemic, as well as just the last few years, as I came more into focus about really revealing my own stuff, it allowed me to see friendships, people that I thought were my friends, or like aspects of them that they appeared to be one way or another way that as I came more into focus, I, I got to see who was who they really were, if that's it. And that was very confronting to be like, oh, that wasn't what that we that relationship we had it wasn't really whatever whatever i projected it was but sometimes we project that these people are our friends because there's this familial like nature and or their archetypes or dysfunctional archetypes of the archetypes we grew up in that we swore that we would never be around that we've since gravitated to because our blinders are so deep with that particular archetype because that's what we grew up with we go to what we know so I attracted a lot of archetypes from my family, as we all do, as many people do. Many people marry their own mother or marry their father or whatever. So yep. once I came more into focus, I was able to see who was on the level and who wasn't in a way that I never could have before. And it, and it was confronting to have to excise those that weren't like feeding me or I wasn't moving in the same direction for it. And I bless them. Thank you for the time we had. But it was almost like it was a cleansing and a clarity that I couldn't have had if I hadn't 
come to full circle and come into like clarity for myself by revealing these wounds. Cause we just, we're, we're basically just, you know, gravitating to that, which we've always known. And it's hard to discern the difference until you, you see it like flashing neon lights in your face. And you're like, Oh my God, how did I miss this? But it's like, how could you not have been gra- gra- like attracted or gravitated to this? You know, it's what we know. It's yeah. what we grew up with. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, we, we could Not go, to get we heavy, could go but all night. Like, no, like, it's know, just I crazy. I know, I know. The the, <laughs> um, the the well goes very deep down this. It it does. It does. It's a it's a rabbit hole that I find super interesting, and that's why you know, like that podcast journey for me is just it's all about that. You know, like kind of Ooh. you know, like just discovering the resilience or or capacity to overcome all of these stuff. You know, like I've spoken to people that have gone. You know, like you said, you know, uh, earlier. You talk to people, you say, wow, your shit was even worse than mine. And then you tell your story, it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. So it's always on the angle on which uh, yeah, you, know, like know. You, you, you look. Exactly. Um, so you, 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 you talked about the movie, um, the kind of the following or, or almost like the uh, enriched experience of the book kind of uh, covering that or, you know, like a, like a, a layer on top of the, the movie. Mm. What's next for you, Justin? You know, like what, what's what's coming up? You know, like what you know, like what are you, what's what's the roadmap of your artistic process? Well, after doing a film, which was exhausting, an album, a soundtrack, and then now a book, all about this dysfunctional wounds and cleansing it and making room for my devotion path, all that. This was a gnarly journey of ten or fifteen years. So I'm so excited. Once I release the book, I've already started demoing like um, songs for the next album. I'm thinking about it moving up moving out of LA, moving up North, kind of being a little bit more of a large town, small city close by and like doing a lot of painting and drawing. I've been doing this COVID series of mixed media paintings and drawings. Painting's my first love. So I'm kind of going to, I think the second half of my life, I'm going to kind of put that in the forefront and impetus and just uh, kind of hibernate for five or 10 years, to be honest with you, and just kind of see where society ends up, given a lot of what we've discussed and just like create a lot of art, a lot of songs and grow vegetables and have some butterflies flapping around, you know, like that sounds fun to me right now, you know, kind of getting off like the consumer tit material life and just saying, I'm going to just take a break for a bit, you know? Well, it was a fascinating conversation I had with you, Justin. You know, like I, back I, at you. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I love that. You know, like this, this journey for me is just like the craziest, the craziest fucking journey I ever <laughs> I ever done in my life, you know, like, and I'm not kidding here. And like that, it started off by me not finding a podcast I was looking for. Mm. Uh, First of all, there was, uh, well, there was nothing that talked around uh, sobriety in French, you know, like, so that was the first thing. thing. Mm. And then when I was looking in English, there was like two end of that, you know, like no pun intended spectrum. Um, (laughs) One was, you know, like the, the super niche, AA, um, oh, yeah, you know, like yeah. Virginia South, you know, like that, that, you know, like if you, it, I do understand the lingo, but I knew that, you know, like if, if you, if you didn't understand the lingo, it didn't mean shit for you. Yeah. It's and at the like other accessible. end, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, at the other end of that, of that kind of that, that the opposite was, um, yoga class taking vegan type like like full-blown nice. namaste you know like that i was like wow that's not me you know like i'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. like that you know like that's you know sure. I, I can't i don't relate to that at all so bought myself that little equipment um 
started reaching out to friends. And next thing you know, like I start this with like, like a close circle of friends. You're like, Ooh. really like, hey, listen to that. You know, like I started doing that. Two years and a half in, I get like, I get almost like an email a day of people. Well, if it's not a few emails a day of people saying, hey, I want to be part of that. I'm like, Ooh. what's going on? You know, like, and, and, and then, you know, like you come in and you, you know, like, it's just, it's just crazy. And I'm honored, humbled, flattered, you know, like it's, it's all that at the same time. It's just, and, 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 and again, thanks for being part of that. It's something that, you know, like I can't really understand, but it just blows my mind. You know? And maybe that, maybe this is one of the, cause I feel the same. And I, I first want to say, thank you for sharing your story with me. And it's funny how we can get precious with our own story. Like, me talking about mine, like how it was such a nightmare. And then I listened to your story and I'm like, oh my God, that was pretty wild too. And with your mom and your sister and your son and the two sons and the ex. And I'm like, we all have our story, but maybe one of the offshoots of the madness of being in this COVID as well as the last two years, because I envision doing a podcast myself eventually. It's just I have my so many irons in the fire right now, but maybe one of the offshoots of benefits, especially amidst media and social media that we've been talking about, these podcasts have been some of the best parts of the pandemic for me with promoting my film and meeting people like yourself and, and going really deep on a variety of topics, whether it's filmmakers or music or it's alcoholism or trauma or the madness of life or the devotional path. Like it's such a beautiful, mysterious communion. And I'm, and it's almost like we're communing differently than if things were quote unquote back to normal and things had never gone into this realm where we were stuck in our own place with a microphone and headsets on, it's like, it's Absolutely. kind of beautiful too. It's like, it's, I would never have connected you maybe had we not been in this. So what a I great know. way that the pools of connection or God, Krishna, karma, all of it like connects us in different Whatever ways. It we're is, we're yeah. memento, you know, it's like, it's such a beautiful yep. dance, you know? It is. <clears throat> For my listeners, where can they find you? Where can I find you? Mentioned Amazon Prime, and it's called the Golden Age. Um, where yeah. else can they find you? Know, like you, you know, like your craft, and you know, like your your sure. your cr creative um, creations. Yeah, I, I would say start with the Golden Age on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can watch it in every country. The soundtrack, Justin Connor, the Golden Age, is on all streaming platforms. Or maybe start with the album first and see if you vibe it and you'll dig the film. Um, and the book is going to be out in two months uh, on all fine bookstores, Amazon. But I'm also going to be selling a deluxe hardbound signed copy version from justinconnor.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's I am Justin Connor and TGA Film, the Golden Age Film, TGA Film on Facebook, Instagram, and all that jazz. But come and you know, check out the film. And if you dig it, keep in touch with me. It's it's great to. I'm realizing that. The people that have watched the film and gone really deep with it, it's like they're part of my circle right now in a way that people that have been my circle for years maybe aren't to the same extent after this pandemic. It's very strange like how it's it's like been added to a beautiful pot that I didn't expect. And it's like a, I don't know, it's like a, a wonderful soup at the end of the day that I didn't expect all these ingredients would show up like unexpectedly, you know? Uh I usually, and I don't, not usually, I actually don't make any research on my uh, future guests, you know, like, but I'll be watching the golden age now that I've met with you. Uh, oh, good. And the reason is Let's super simple. You, I've, you know, like, yeah. And, and the, the, the reason it's really simple is that I don't want to um, 
have preconceived ideas when I meet with someone. <laughs> That's you know, great. Like, so, I love so, this. Because <laughs> you know, like, everyone's watched you know, like, that I've been on before, all these podcasts, and they've been like, oh, my God. Like, So tell me about And like, it changes the tone. And I like that does. we got to know each other without it. And then after you watch it, we'll have a different communion. So thank you, you know, for like, not there's, watching there's, it. Um, we, 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 there's a kind of a... Um, it, just short story before I, I I'll let you go, but you know, like there, there was a guy here that saved um, three hundred, I think it, almost four hundred people on a plane because he he free flew like a commercial plane that lost both of his engine. Oh my! Uh, God. It was a transat flight, you know, like just like crazy. So everyone I knew it too, you know, like but everyone knew his story, right? Like mm-hmm. it was, I think it was. Uh, Commandant Pichet, but you know, like everyone called him by his last name and his ranking as mm. a pilot. Um, everyone had seen his a movie about his life story. Everyone had heard, you know, I like, can read, but I also knew, and pe- a lot of people knew, but you know, like that he was sober for, I think, over twenty or almost thirty years. Mm. So he came, and I was just te- so tempted because it's been a while. I was so tempted and going back and look at the movies, right? And going back oh, and read yeah. again about him. But I didn't, you know, like, so his first you. name is Robert. First name is Robert. And that's why, you know, like mostly because that's why the episodes are only called by the first name of my guests. And like, I don't want to know the last oh, name. Oh, that's I don't, great. You know, like, I, I love that. It, you know, so, so I met with Robert, you know, Robert, and um, we did talk about, you know, like what, what, what he did, you know, like, sure, you know, like it's part of his life story. Sure. But I mostly had a conversation about his alcoholism and how he overcame it and so on and so forth. You know, like, so the conversation was just completely differently angled. Yeah, because you just knew they, less. You were trying to get to know him as a soul versus like his As a human, story. yeah. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly. You know, and so I'll, I'm going to be watching now that awesome. I know. Now that I know you, Justin, <laughs> I'm going to be watching your movie. And I'm and very it, humbled by what you've shared with me too. In 16 years sober, you know, I come from a family of, you know, there's been a lot of drinking in the past, and no one. And I tried to get people to go to AA, and I've gone to AA just to learn more about it. And uh, what you've taken on is not an easy trek. And I know you're like, thank you, thank you, but it's like. I would have given my eye teeth if people in my family could have done that. And uh, that takes a lot of bravery. So I want to send that back to you and just say, like, give yourself a, a pat on the back for that. Because not many people do it to the extent that you blithely think they 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 do or can, you know? Yeah. And thanks for that. And, you know, like uh, um, my my oldest son, you know, like that I haven't spoken for a few years um, is actually, you know, um, a bit caught with that you know like you, you, it's mm. funny because it reached home when you said that the apple doesn't fall too far from the three um you know like so i have you know like my oldest is 24 right now and you know like he's pretty um he's pretty stuck right now and you know right in the middle of it mm. um but that's the age when do. kids do that a lot too like I, i'll be honest oh, it with does you. It in does, that age he, of college i was going pretty deep but it's like if it's part yeah, of his but, karma to go deeper, he will. And if it's part of yeah, it, not to, you know, will. like he's already he's already been in therapy once. You know, like, so uh, he knows gotcha. that. You know, like. <laughs> but that's at least good. He knows that that runs in the tree, and he's somebody he gets given an eye. You know, exactly. And he you knows. can foster him in a different way because of how you've how committed you've been on the path because of it. So it's like, exactly you, you know. Yeah. Like, so there's there's like that that light through the fog that he can oh, yeah. actually see. 
um and he knows that you know like so for me there's very little less uh, well very little little other that i can do than being that light through the fog you know like so so but i'm there you know like so so there's that you know there's that little uh yeah shiny brighting bright light there um that i can do for him um yeah so for listeners um you're gonna find all the links that justin has mentioned to me in the description of the episode Thanks again for your time, Justin. It was a pleasure having you. And um, I encourage every listener to go take a look at the film, listen to your craft. And um, I wish you the best, buddy. You know, like I wish back you, at you the Alex. So sweet. Back country, nature, beekeeping, the old thing, man. The old thing. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Take I'm care. trying to get away from major cities, but uh, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Take care. Bye bye. Bye, you too, brother.